Hey everybody, good day, good day. It is October 12th, it's a Friday. Friday, we made it. Yeah, for the last two days off, or today's the second day off I've had, so it's just crazy. Um, I'm not going to take today off, I'm going to do some work today. But uh, good day everybody, how we doing? Doing good? That's good, I'm good, I'm real good. Ran a half marathon yesterday, that was fun. Uh, you know, hitting it hard for sober October. Kicking some ass, taking some names. I've dropped ten pounds in eleven days. Crushed a half marathon yesterday. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a good spin in today. A nice sweat in the sauna. A little bit of stretch. A little bit of weights. You know, gotta stay fit. Gotta stay right. Um, there's a lot going on today. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of news. Kanye West was getting yelled at, or he yelled at Donald Trump at the White House yesterday, which is crazy. Um, but I'm not going to talk about the White House news today. I'm actually going to shift gears to a topic that people aren't really aware of uh, or they don't really care about, uh, the Georgia gubernatorial race. It's one of the most historical races that we're ever going to have. Um, and people just don't know that. Uh, Stacey Abrams versus Brian Kemp. Stacey Abrams is a woman. She's actually going to be the first black female she is, excuse me, the first black female majority party uh, gubernatorial nominee in the United States ever. Um, she has potential to be the first ever black woman governor in the United States, which is really cool. Um, equality right there, uh, which is really cool. Uh, she was elected uh, in our previous uh, tenure as a local rep. She was elected as the Georgia House, to the Georgia House representatives, excuse me. Uh, she was a minority party leader. What does that mean? Um, well, we have uh, a multi-party system, but there are two dominant parties, Republican and Democrat. Um, and in the Georgia House of Representatives, just like the United States has a House of Representatives, Georgia has one as well. Each state has one. Um, she led, She was the minority party leader, so she was the highest-ranking Democrat in the party, uh, or in the Congress, excuse me, um, which is cool. Uh she has run numerous campaign ads, and I want to talk about the drast and stark difference between her campaign and Brian Kemp's. Um, her campaign ads, it will take a quick Google search for you if you actually are truly interested in this. Um, her campaign ads are running off the platform of a people-powered government, of giving every individual voice a voice to act upon it um, and, to, and to put into action what their thoughts are. Um, her ads bring up poverty and education and really striving for success and pushing the limit for Georgia's success in, in, a, in a holistic level. Um, it's really inspiring. It's enlightening. Um, and who would have thought it could have came out of Georgia? Because we all have our you know, preconceived ideas about Georgia and the way they run their government there. Um, at least I did, being uh, a Yankee from up north. Um, so Brian Kemp is running against her. Brian Kemp is from Georgia. He's actually from Athens, Georgia. He's 55 years old. He serves as he's is serving and has served since 2010 as a secretary of state in Georgia. Uh, secretary of state in Georgia is the same thing as, uh, secretary, um, secretary of state of the United States. Um, they work with foreign relationships and, and things like that. And they overlook the government, uh, in their, in their respective, uh, seat. Um, Brian Kemp is disastrous in, in numerous ways, uh, but one way is his uh, his pride for how incorrect he is, um, his lack of character, uh, his childish behavior, and his refusal 
um, his refusal to listen to the people, I think, is one of his major issues. Um, he has came out with numerous campaign ads, uh, all very, very scary uh, or questionable or confusing or just awful in general. Uh, his first one that I saw, it was um, him exploding something in his backyard saying, I have no problem blowing up government spending. Um, then him ripping his chainsaw to start and him saying, I'm going to cut regulations. And then it finished with him closing his truck door banging on the side of the truck saying, I have a huge truck. Um, I use this big truck to run. I'm not afraid to use this big truck to round up all the criminal illegals and bring them back myself. Yep. So that's who was running against Stacey Abrams. Um, two very different campaign ads. Um, another campaign ad he had was, it was him sitting in a, in a chair next to um, this kid who in this hypothetical situation was, trying to date his one of his daughters i couldn't imagine being this man's daughter um thank god i don't have to be this man's daughter uh and he was holding a shotgun and it was polishing the shotgun and the ad was supposed to be some joking ad um obviously and he was talking about what it takes to be uh able to date one of his daughters and the kid was they went back and forth a little bit here and there and the kid was like well he was like, kid, what's the first thing to being able to date my daughter? Uh, and he goes, uh, cap the government spending, sir. And then uh, Mr. Kemp goes, what's number two, kid? And uh, he goes, chainsaw, take a chainsaw to the regulations. And he goes, good boy. And then uh, number three comes around, and he goes, Jake. This is funny. This kid's name was Jake. He goes, Jake, what's number three, kid, date my daughter? And he said, sir, make Georgia number one for small businesses. And then uh, the commercial ended with um, the, he made one he did two last points. I know those three main points were concerning, uh, but the most concerning part was him polishing a shotgun on TV in front of this kid. Um, and he goes, "Kid, what's the last thing?" He goes, "Well, I have to res- have respect for you, sir, and respect for the Second Amendment." And the guy, the camera shoots back to Brian Kemp and goes, "Damn right," something like that. Uh, so pretty concerning. Um, the difference between these two candidates is a great representation of the polarization in our current democracy and our current party system. Um, it's sad to see, but there's a very big difference in messaging. There's a very big difference in motivations and inspirations uh, from both sides. I think one is promising a brighter and more inclusive future, and the other one is trying to revert back to older ways. Um, and change is inevitable. And I get that change is scary. And for some party people, like Brian Kemp, uh, change is not friendly because it's going to mean that he will be rotated out of the system. And he very well, very well, and very would like to uh, keep his job and his position, but it's time for him to go. Uh, He's too old school and he's not adapting to the times. Um, And these traditional values and traditional hypothetical situations. just don't occur anymore. Uh, I've dated many girls and have had many fathers, and that situation has never happened, um, and probably never does happen. Um, it's a pretty uh, traditional style, uh, hypothetical situation of a father uh, meeting a potential boyfriend of his daughter. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is the differences in the, in the agendas. The point is 
that we have a black woman running against a conservative man, a conservative man who's in power, who is, who's actively trying to use his power to suppress the black vote and to suppress any lower class uh, vote occurring in Georgia. Um, many of you are like, oh, that's a big claim to make. It is a big claim to make, but it's true. Uh, in the news recently, there's been numerous ads and stories breaking about what's going on in Georgia. The most recent one is the issue of voter suppression. Voter suppression is very real and alive, and I'm going to go into why it's alive and why it's real and how it's happening all over this nation, but I'll go into the specifics of Georgia as of right now. Currently, there are 53,000 voter registrations on hold. Kemp's office is playing a very big, fa- uh, playing a big, very big factor into that. Um, the New York Times wrote in the article that they produced that there are disproportionately high number of black voters who are having the voter registrations withheld. Um, no, there seems to be no shock that when they're trying to elect the first black governor of Georgia and the first female black governor in the United States, that they're trying to suppress the black vote. There, that, that, it, that doesn't seem, um, it, it seems more than situational. Uh, excuse me, it seems situational, um, which, is, which is sad because they're judging someone's vote off the color of their skin. Um, so this is occurring. Um, this is occurring all over the state. Uh, all these voters come from different sectors in different counties, um, and the way you win a state election um, is you have to win counties. Uh, now the county doesn't have an electoral vote, but the way a presidency is won is by winning electoral votes by each state. Well, in a state race, they try to win each county by the number of votes. Uh, it kind of works in the same way, and the strategy is the same way for collecting votes. So you go and campaign in different counties. You try to win over the conservative counties, the you know the centrist counties, and you know the liberal counties. You try to pander to all the different counties, spread your message as far, just like a president would in each state. Um, and so there's this, there's this county in Georgia called Randolph's County. Uh, it is three hours south of Hotlanta. Uh, it has a population of 7,200 people. Now, this certain county is historically known for cotton, um, racism, uh, segregation, things like that. Uh, it has a history, a poor history with all uh, of those things. Um, and there was a bid to close nine of its polling locations. And now... They to do this, uh, the government of Georgia hired an election consultant because they wanted to reduce the cost of elections. And so, if you close a polling location, it's going to reduce the cost of elections. Polling locations, on average, in Florida—I don't know about Georgia—but in Florida, cost thirty-six thousand dollars. That number is a blanket number they give you. There's no evidence to to support the fact that it should be thirty-six thousand dollars. Everyone who works at a polling location is um, a volunteer. And the polling locations, all they have is printed out paper, and that paper is a ballot. That ballot is counted by a machine. Those machines typically have two to three per per polling location, and on average, they're saying they cost $16,000. I don't think a paper counter, a machine paper counter costs $16,000, but... That's a whole different conversation. So that is where they're trying to save money by closing polling locations. And they're trying to do that at the expense of the black communities and their civic right to vote that they fought and died for, that Martin Luther King led a march on Washington for. In this county, they tried to close nine polling locations, over 243 miles of, I believe it was 240-something miles uh, of uh, land and of uh, you know livable land where people live, they try to close all the polling locations in a predominantly black county. 
I don't know if anyone is aware of how close elections have been. Um, in Michigan, the gubernatorial race came down to less than 1,000 votes uh, in the primary. Um, in Virginia last year, an election was won by one vote, actually one vote. So that's a good testament so to people who don't believe their vote matters. Your vote really does matter. Um, so this is a really clear sign that this county that's located in the Black Belt of Georgia is is being fought against and is being pushed to close nine of its home locations. Now, thankfully, the, the, the state of Georgia... Um, voted on this and they voted no immediately and oddly enough the day before the voting happened this election consultant was actually fired um so now one would say this is all odd timing uh but i don't think it's odd timing while we're trying to elect while we're while they are trying to elect the first black governor in in u.s history uh first female black governor in u.s history excuse me um it just plays bigger into the idea of voter suppression uh it really bothers me oh and by the way all that information came from npr uh, so people who don't think I, you know, cite my sources or I have fact-driven arguments, uh, there you go. Uh, how do you like that? Um, now, people often believe that systemic racism or systemic bias does not exist in America. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Now, where does systemic racism and systemic bias lie? The only direct experience I have is with voter suppression. I can only speak about voter suppression. I cannot speak about any other topic of how blacks are treated differently than whites, but with voter suppression, and not even just blacks, it's minorities, it's people of lower income, which I will show to you and talk to you guys about how that is predominantly black people. Um, People who make less money, who have a different skin color, who live in a different area than than white rich people, have a way harder time voting. It's wrong. It's voter suppression, it's racism, and it's wrong. And it's sad that it still goes on, but we're still using policies that were created in the 60s and 70s and 80s when racism and segregation were very much alive. Unlike today, where it has been suppressed, we are getting better, our democracy is moving forward. We're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But it's quite crazy that there are still people in this world, I'm going to call out Dave Rubin, to be one of them. Dave Rubin is a podcaster. Uh, he's a part of the intellectual dark web. He runs in the same circle as Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, uh, Eric Weinstein, Brett Weinstein, Joe uh, Joe Rogan. I don't know if I ever said his name. Um, all of them, I like all of them for bits and pieces. I like Ben Shapiro for one reason, one reason only. Um, he is a conservative, and he has his certain beliefs and whatnot, but he does like to provide fact-driven uh, news, which is cool to see. Um, I don't agree with most of the things he says off uh, his stories and whatnot, but yeah. So he runs in that circle, um, and I like that circle of people, but I think there's some issues coming out of that circle of people, and one of them is they're sitting in their thrones making lots of money, but they're not out knocking doors in the west side of Jacksonville. They don't see... Uh, the day-to-day people that are suffering from systemic racism or systemic bias and where the system hasn't exactly treated them correctly. Um, the biggest place it lies, like I said, is voter suppression. It, it lies in not allowing the same voting opportunity for people with certain skin color from a certain demographic who make a certain amount of money. Um, you have to play your cards just right to have an easy time voting, um, which, is, which is not fair. 
Um, if you if you're in the lower class, you have a harder time voting. There's no disputing that evidence. You don't get an opinion on that. It's a fact, which is weird because people think you get an opinions on facts, and you can judge a fact, sure, but if it's statistically proven, it you, it's more of an acceptance of the truth, uh, and, and outside of a, a, an opinion. Um, there's less availability. If you make less money, because you're typically to work more jobs or to work odd hours, which would suppress you from actually being able to go and vote. The location of polling locations, I just talked about how polling locations are being shut down in poorer neighborhoods, in predominantly black neighborhoods, in predominantly black counties. Um, And then transportation is a big issue. Public transportation is not offered in most uh, poor communities that I've been around personally, um, if you, where I live by the beach in Jacksonville, Florida, there are bus stops everywhere, yet everyone here drives a car. If you go to the west side of Jacksonville, where the infrastructure is falling apart, where the most anybody making is $10 an hour or they're scrapping for 200 bucks a day, the, there's no public transportation there. The ones who need it most don't have it. So how do you expect them to vote? Do you expect them to walk to the polling locations at 5 a.m.? Before they're, for, before they're double at the local restaurant? No. No, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like everyone has the equal availability. Back in 2012, Politico reported that 82, 80% of those making more than 150000 voted, while only 49.6% of people who make $10,000 or less voted. Um, which means there's a huge issue with... Um, voting availability, and the ability to um, actually go out and vote if you make less money. Um, in the same report, it, it said that every bracket you jump up for income, um, so for 10000 to $14,999, you jump up 3.7%, and that jump keeps happening every time you jump up the next pay bracket, um, which is crazy. So how much you make shouldn't depend upon how you vote or how often you vote or your likelihood of voting. Um, it should be equal across the board. Now, why they vote less is you know up for interpretation. But one of them is why one of the reasons why people vote less when they make less money is they don't have the opportunity, um, which is what so voter suppression is. Um, it, it's pretty crazy this still happens in America, um, and there's a big racial divide by class, which is the scary part. Um, which is where the systemic bias comes in, and this bias does exist, and it exists due to income, but also um, racial backgrounds uh, per income, and, and how the income's distributed across, uh, you know, our demographic. Um, so there are over 120 million American households, um, and we often talk about the one top one percent. So one percent of that is 1.2 million households. Um, and 96.1% of those households were white. Uh, and this study was conducted back in 2013. Um, and so if you are white and you have a net worth of $356,000, that's good enough to put you in the 72nd percentile of white families. While if you're black, it's good enough to catapult you into the 95th percentile. That came out by the Huffington Post. That means that if you make $356,000, you are in the top 5% of earners in the black community and in the white community, you're barely breaking the middle class. That's wild. That's wild. Now, white families hold 90% of the national wealth. Um, Hispanic families hold 2.3% of the national wealth, while black families hold 2.6% of the national wealth, uh, which is also reported by the Huffington Post. Um, so wealth distribu- distribution in the United States is uh, very lopsided, to say the least.
Now, the Pew Research Center shows in 2013 that median households income for blacks was $11,000. And for whites, it was $143,000. That means there's a 13 times greater chance of making, mo- uh, making more money if you're white than if you're black. Based off your race alone, your average income is so much greater if you're white than if you're black. And this is where it comes into voting is because if you if you live in one of these lower socioeconomic status neighborhoods, your likelihood of voting, it, it drops significantly and it's that your race plays into that significantly because it is shown that people with a certain skin color on average make less money in this country. That's due to opportunity. It's due to education. Um, there's a clear issue here. With the economic, inequality, economic income inequality in America, with the voter suppression by skin color and yearly income in America, these are all major issues that I've laid out here. Now, the system works most of the time. But it works, but in this aspect, it has failed us completely. Now, we don't need a new system. Um, I don't think we need to uproot our entire system. But we need, we need to do a little bit of an update. We need to, we need to rewrite some things. We need to update, download a new version, um, if you will. Uh, we need to update our voting process. There should be a national voter registration. You should be able to register to vote online and vote online. No questions asked. Um, you know, we should update our education. Our education should be put on the forefront and not our uh, military spending. Um, we need to change how we budget our money and our spending tactics for our state governments and our national government. Um, as the United States, we have resources and we have the intelligence. It's just we're not organized in the right way to use them most effectively. Um, and it's crazy that this is still a conversation in 2018, but it really, it, it really goes to show how disenfranchised certain communities, certain people with certain skin colors, certain people who make a certain amount of money are. And it's sad to see that there's still, um, there's still a biased towards people who make less money, a bias towards people who have different skin color. And uh, it's really sad to see, but it's still occurring. It, it, it is still going on in Georgia uh, for the, this gubernatorial race, and it's going on in many other neighborhoods and many other local communities all across the nation while this, ele- while this election season ramps up. So, you know, if you are able to vote and you can vote, go out and vote. And if you have some time, fight for some other people so they can have the right to vote. It's everyone's right. People died and fought for years and years for this right. And now we're regressing. We're still suppressing certain people for certain uh, you know, characteristics they can't control. And it's wrong. And as, a, as you know, the great nation we are, we should probably step up. We should step up and make a difference where we can. And, and hopefully they'll make for a better tomorrow. Um, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. I hope it was informative. Um, I hope everyone has a great Friday. Uh, and I hope everyone takes into consideration, takes into consideration what has been said uh, and uh, pushes forward with it. Uh, I hope you guys have a good day. Uh, thanks for listening to Wake Up With Jake.